Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I am your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for joining me here today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results from yesterday's games and wagers before diving into today's betting slate, and we cap things off with our daily betting card. Now, the Super Bowl is officially in the books, was a wild game yesterday, one of the better Super Bowls of my lifetime, which means we have to wait another seven months until football is back. Phoenix Open happened, Duke got hosed over the weekend, a lot of great stuff. So we want to get into it right away. But before we do, we got to talk about the great folks over at Bet99, which is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and EPL. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and their mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at sign up, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19-plus years of age to do so. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, Contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. We also have the Saskatchewan number down in the ticker, 1-800-306-6789 for all of our Saskatchewan listeners. Now, we got to do a quick weekend recap of our bets. Now, Friday, let's be honest, we kind of chased a little bit on Friday, a one and two day there. The Chicago Blackhawks did end up winning on the ice. That was our lone win of the night, but really should have stayed away. It wasn't a great slate. Now, Saturday, we went 10-7 and overall. It was a good college basketball day, 500 on the ice as well. So we're up a couple units there. And then up three units yesterday, largely due to the Chiefs winning, as well as having the over in the Super Bowl. Which is a great segue into the fact that Kansas City won last night 38-35. Now, Probably the best Super Bowl of the last 10 years. Some people might argue that Patriots-Falcons game was, but I thought that for a game that really didn't have that that super moment, I thought that it was a really great game. I mean, Mahomes, he passed for only 182 yards to, <laughs> I'm sure, a lot of people's dismay. They probably felt like, well, if I just do Mahomes over 200 passing yards or 225, then I'm in a good spot. He didn't throw for a lot of yards, but he didn't turn it over. Three touchdowns as well. Didn't take a sack as well, which is probably the most impressive part. Um, Travis Kelsey played well. Pacheco played well as well. Juju stepped up in the second half. And let's face it, the Eagles made no adjustments in that second half. Hurts, he played well overall. He threw for over 300 yards. Smith, Goddard, Brown, they all made some big catches. But this game for me falls on the Eagles' defense. For what was supposed to be this historic defensive line, Uh, They end up with zero sacks in the game, no turnovers in the secondary either. I said it on our Off the Ball Network Live yesterday, the key to the game was going to be that turnover battle. And Kansas City made the play that they needed. They got that defensive touchdown in the first half to keep them in it, and then they just rolled in the second half. A lot of people are going to talk about that quote-unquote no holding call late in that game. At the end of the day, I think it was a hold. Was it a soft call given the moment? Probably 
but it didn't affect the overall outcome of the game. I do think the Chiefs were the better team on the night, and they made the plays when they had to. Rihanna was okay for the halftime show. A lot of people didn't love it, but overall, I've never been a major Super Bowl halftime show guy, so overall, it was a good night. Really enjoyed the game. A lot of prop bets were made, especially by me on this show, which we did come up in the green having first quarter tie, Philly first half money line, Chiefs second half money line, and overall money line in the over really took us over the top. So we had a good day yesterday of bets. Now, we also had a good weekend of Phoenix Open bets because we went three and one for the weekend, John Rom and Rory McIlroy for top 10. Rom finished in third place, so we cashed that one there. And then Rory, unfortunately, didn't play great. But Justin Thomas, top 20, he was fourth place. And Sam Burns, top 20, he was sixth. So we go three and one in the positive for the weekend overall. Shout out to some guys, though, that just had some good tournaments that maybe haven't been playing their best golf. We got to talk about Ricky Fowler. He had a top 10 here in this event. He had a hole in one yesterday as well. One of the highlights of the day. Nick Taylor played well on the Canadian side of things, as did Adam Hadwin. So it's good to see all those guys playing well. It was a great event overall. Phoenix Open is one of those better events throughout the year because of that raucous crowd on 16. And so really enjoyed it. And then also, Makachev and Volkanovsky was an unreal fight as well on Saturday night. Um, went back and watched that fight and just <laughs> really was one of the better ones that we've seen. Could be the fight of the year already in uh, February, but... Slight edge for me to Volkanovsky, just based off of the history of the sport, though. I see why he didn't win, because it feels like in order to beat the champ, you got to stop him, or without a shadow of a doubt, beat him. I don't think that was the case. I think that we nitpick a little bit, and that we're hoping more so that Volkanovsky was going to win. A lot of great UFC fights coming up as well. We got Jones and Gan and Shevchenko and Grasso at 285, as well as Edwards and Usman. Really excited for that one. Usman 3 at 286 so should be a good one can't wait for some of these upcoming ufc fights now with that we got to head into the daily game slate we got to talk about what's happening in the sports world today because that's what the show is all about is the betting side of things but before we do let's play the video So let's start EPL-wise. Liverpool minus 145, taking on Everton at plus 400. Merseyside derbies are always some of the better matchups on the EPL side of things. Both teams just one win in their last five games, so they're looking to get back on track. But the last time they squared off, we had a 0-0 final back in September, and that was back when Liverpool were playing a bit better and Everton struggled, so... I'm going to back Liverpool today at minus 145 at home at Anfield. I just think that it's a sucker line if you don't play it. They are 10th place. They haven't been great recently. But I think that this is kind of the spot for them to beat a lesser opponent in a derby at home. So I think it's a great spot. Now, NBA-wise, let's be honest, we're not betting NBA right now. It's so frustrating how guys just will sit out last minute. If we do play anything, then it's closer to tip-off, which is why you need to follow us on Twitter at HedgePod. That's where we will play our NBA plays a bit later in the day. But we start with Atlanta minus 5.5 versus Charlotte. Ubre for Charlotte's the only real injury here. The Hawks have won two in a row, and Charlotte are on a seven-game losing streak. It's just whether or not you trust the Hawks to cover that minus 5.5. 
if you don't, maybe just throw it in as a parlay piece. Go get Atlanta minus two and a half or something. It would be a bit juiced, but overall, you would feel a bit more comfortable backing them. Now, Spurs and Cleveland and Houston and Philly, they are both Cleveland and Philly at home at minus 14 and a half. I don't love betting those kinds of spreads in the NBA, but Cleveland and Philly have been incredible at home. Um, now, Cleveland taking on the Spurs. No Birch, Vassell, Bassey, Langford, and McDermott are all game-time decisions versus a very healthy Cavs team. Spurs have also lost 12 in a row, and Cleveland have won six in a row, and they're also 24-6 and six at home. So definitely in Cleveland here. I don't know if I like it enough to take the minus 14 and a half, but if you buy it down to maybe 10 and a half, then you feel a bit better about it. And you could do the same with Philly and Houston. Buy Philly down to minus 10 and a half. These numbers just stink, especially when you're taking on tanking teams that have no interest in being competitive right now. Kevin Porter Jr. being a game-time decision does mean that Houston could get a bit of a boost if he's back, but with no Philly injuries and the Rockets on a five-game losing streak, definitely won't be backing them anytime soon. Now, Indiana, their slight favorites at home. This is where we go through a stretch of games where it actually is really tight. Indiana minus one and a half versus the Jazz. I do like Indiana with Halliburton at home against a Utah team that could be missing Russ tonight. Um, Tice could be back as well for the Pacers. So I certainly lean them at minus one and a half. Then you got the Knicks minus two and a half versus Brooklyn. Seth Curry's a game time decision. Mitchell Robinson, he's out for this one once again. So I would lean the Knicks. I know that they haven't been an amazing home team but I do think that this is a good spot for them. Then you've got Denver and Miami. The Heat are minus one and a half. And this is largely due to Denver having Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, and Zeke Nanji all as game time decisions. No Kyle Lowry for the Heat tonight, but they have won three straight games and are 19 and nine at home. So I like Miami at home tonight. Then you've got Orlando and Chicago. The Bulls are minus five and a half. Lonzo is the only real injury for Chicago. And they have lost three games in a row. So overall, fade this game. It's a gross line. Just don't go and bet it. You got New Orleans and OKC. OKC's minus two and a half. No Zion, but they could get Josh Richardson playing in this game. OKC, they've won two in a row, and they are relatively good at home. So for me, I would lean OKC money line, but I don't love it enough to make it an official show play. Timberwolves and Mavericks. Mavs were minus six and a half last night. Now they're seven and a half. Still no Carl Anthony Towns, Bertons, or Kleber for Dallas either. They are a good home team, though, and with Kyrie and Luka, I would lean Dallas to win by double digits at home. Lakers and Trailblazers. Lakers, they've looked good against Golden State, a bit more of a balanced team. This one hinges on whether or not LeBron goes. He is a game-time decision. So I think you wait to see if he goes, then you definitely back them because Portland right now are minus two and a half. So if he goes, then it may be slight Lakers favorite on the road, but I still think it's nice enough to go and bet it. And then to cap it off, Wizards and Golden State, Kyle Kuzma, game time decision, still no Steph for Golden State. So I'm staying away from this one. If the line maybe moves in Washington's favor and Kuzma goes, then I debate Washington as a road upset. Now, NHL-wise, we got five games on the ice, a couple of tight ones, and then one that is a heavy favorite. So let's start with Calgary. They're minus 145 on the road, taking on the Senators. Markstrom and Sogard are expected right now. Forsberg could be out long-term for Ottawa. It looks like he tore both of his MCLs, if I read that correctly yesterday. 
But Calgary, they're coming off a win. They're subpar on the road. And Ottawa, they are above average at home. So I still don't love the goaltending here. I know Markstrom's a name, but he hasn't been great this year. So at least for now, I'm staying away. If I get that Calgary line maybe down closer to minus 125, which is the opposite way that it's trending right now, then I would consider playing it. Nashville are minus 240 at home taking on Arizona. Looks like Connor Ingram's expected and you see Soros going for the Predators. Now, Preds are 14-8-3 at home on the year, so they're a solid home team. Arizona, they're a bad hockey team that's lost two games in a row, and they're also 6-20-6 on the road this year. So it's just a gross number. I never like Nashville enough to bet a puck line. If you look at them in regulation or maybe just a straight-up money line and a parlay, then that's an option, but I just don't trust it, especially with Arizona picking up six OT results, at least on the road this year. Then you've got Florida and Minnesota. Looking like we're going to get Bobrovsky and Flurry in what's essentially a pick right now. Minnesota, very slight favorites. So I actually kind of lean the over here. Florida's a really good goal-scoring team. They're sixth in the league right now. And while Minnesota, they're a bottom 10 scoring team, they're at least at home and they get a bump going up against Bobrovsky. So I think we could see a 5-3 type finish here. That would be my heavy lean in that game. Detroit and Vancouver. Vancouver's minus 120 at home against my Red Wings. Detroit just won 5-2 in the first Huso versus Martin matchup. Now they head to Vancouver for this one. Detroit have won two straight, though. And so as much as I would love to bet Detroit, again, I'm going to stay away because I actually think Vancouver maybe gets the edge tonight, especially since I would compare these teams as relatively even skill-wise. And then to cap it off ice-wise, we've got Buffalo and the Kings. Kings are minus 150 at home. Looking like Lukanen and Copley is the goaltending matchup here. You got the Sabres who have lost three straight, but they're actually better on the road, and a lot of these losses have been at home. So I kind of like Buffalo tonight for a road upset. I don't like it enough as a show play, but I just think that while the Kings have been a solid team, I kind of like this plus money for Buffalo to get right back on track. And then we got to cap it off with college basketball. Three ranked games happening tonight, and these are all tight turnarounds because all these teams played on Saturday. So you got to be careful betting these lines with only a day's rest. These guys aren't used to playing so close together in college. But you got number 19, Miami, taking on UNC, who were three-and-a-half-point favorites. Now they're four-and-a-half. And I just really like UNC because I don't see a real reason why they should be favored here. I know that they're 11-1 and one at home and Miami are just above 500 on the road. But Miami has also won four in a row, and they're a ranked team right now, the only ranked team in this matchup. So I think if I go anywhere, I maybe go North Carolina, buy it down a little bit in case it's a bit of a tighter game. But I think there's a reason why they're favored, and maybe Vegas feels that way that they get it done tonight. Then you got West Virginia taking on number 14, Baylor. Baylor's minus six and a half, and They've been rolling recently. I think it's going to continue tonight. I'm not that high on West Virginia as much as I love Bob Huggins. I just don't think that the talent's really there. You got a Bears team that's won three in a row. They're 12 and two at home on the year as well. And West Virginia, they just lost and they're only two and six on the road. So I think that this is a spot where Baylor maybe wins by double digits. Definitely would be my lean for that one. And then to cap it off, at least for now, number five, Texas taking on Texas Tech. Minus three and a half for Texas. And again, it's a bit of a confusing line for me, given that 
Texas Tech are probably the worst team in the Big 12 this year. And when you dive into the numbers, Texas, they're four and three on the road. Texas Tech are 10 and four at home. So it's really only been on the road that they've struggled. So it's just a bit concerning. I think if I'm looking at anything, I maybe look at the over 145 and a half. It is an interesting number to monitor. I hope that it drops a point or two. If I can get this down to 143 and a half, then I would certainly tail it. But at least for now, I think you stay away. There's no reason that Texas should be minus three and a half, except for the fact that it's a rivalry game on the road. So with that, we got to head over to our last call pick segment where we give you our betting plays for today. We've got four plays for you, but before we do, let's play the video. Mountain Distillery is family-owned and operated, located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality, handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their phenomenal products. Yesterday, my wife and I actually got in some new flavors for our soda stream, so it's going to be great to mix some of those on the weekend with their local vodka. Really love that. Wife loves the dill pickle vodka as well, and I'm a big fan of the old-fashioned. So go check out Last Mountain Distillery, family-owned and operated, as we said, and we love supporting local here on the show. So with that, Monday's plays, we got four of them for you here today. So let's rip them off real quick and then get on with our day. Starting with Liverpool Moneyline against Everton. I just think they've struggled. They get a rivalry game here at home Everton have not been great either by any stretch. So I just think it's a great opportunity for Liverpool to get back on track. Start fighting towards that Europa League spot. We don't know what's going to happen with this Manchester City situation. So there could be a spot up for grabs. And whoever figures it out first between them and Chelsea could have a great shot at making it in at one and a half units. I love the money line. Charleston, they're minus 16 and a half versus the Northeastern Huskies. Huskies, they just can't keep up offensively. Charleston's averaging over 80 points per game right now, and the Huskies have lost six straight games. So I just think it's a great spot to win by 20-plus. Love the number here. Then I like Baylor minus 6.5 versus West Virginia. Again, I think they win by double digits tonight. They seem to be peaking at the right time as we start heading closer to March Madness. And so I think Baylor... This is a team where a few weeks ago you could have got them at 40 to 1 odds to win the NCAA tournament. I know those odds have significantly improved, and I think they continue to show why tonight. And then to cap it off, Florida Panthers versus the Minnesota Wild. Going to play the over 6.5 for one unit. Don't love Flurry. Don't love Bobrovsky. I just think that we see a shootout here in Minnesota tonight on a Monday night after the Super Bowl. So give me the over 6.5. But thank you to everyone who tuned into the show today. Go follow us on all of our social platforms at HedgePod. we got some big announcements coming in the coming weeks as well. So stay tuned for those. We will be placing maybe some NBA wagers a little bit later in the day. So definitely keep an eye out for those. And we appreciate you all. We'll see you guys tomorrow for the Competitive Hedge Podcast.